when you're down and trouble and you need some love and care and nothing well nothing is going right close your eyes and think of me and soon I will be I'm C.J. Layton coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio Studio, home of the premier radio bowling talk show. Long ago, Bowler's Journal International called Phantom Radio a pioneer in the field of bowling podcasts because the show is regularly scheduled at the same time each week. PBA Hall of Famer Len Nicholson started the show in 2002. Since then, he's recorded over 1,100 shows featuring over 400 different guests, a literal who's who in bowling. So, Phantom fans, let's welcome our host, Len Nicholson, the Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company, the number one lane maintenance company in the world. Well, Phantom fans, this week's guest represents three generations of bowling center operations. He is a respected proprietor and one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. I have known him for decades, and like Dick Weber, I have never heard a negative word about him. He is known for getting things done, and he's always first in line to volunteer. And I could talk for an hour or so about this great man and his bio, but let's get him out here. Phantom fans, here is John Laspina. Hello, John. And hey, Lynn. Hey, thank, thank you very much for that for kind intro. <laughs> well, I had to cut it down, honestly. We only got a 20-minute show. And I, seriously, I, I could have talked about you for half an hour, but I want our fans to get to know you. And like I tell everybody, we only have a 20-minute show, so I want them to get to know you. So we're only going to have a few questions today. And uh, I don't want you to, to be not humble. I want you to be humble about what you say and, and, and say it like it is what you always do. So... <laughs> I, yeah, I that's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> you know, as you know, I just saw you at Bowl Expo uh, where you won another gigantic award. And, and thanks for being here with us. So are you ready for this interview, Pards? I sure am. I'm sitting down and I've got my seatbelt on. I'm ready. All right. This will be painless, I guarantee it. You know, first of all, let me congratulate you again on your latest award, that being the Alberta Crow Award. And I think you've won every one of the awards by now, right? Well, geez, I, I, you know, we're running out of shelf space, but it's hard to say no to these people. So, you know, and do the best I can, you know, and just, uh, you know, I look back, it's 50 years that I, I go to work every day with a smile. I love what I do, and if I could help, I help. That's, that's, people can tell that man you're, you're you're a joy of light anytime anybody sees you you're always smiling and and those that that didn't know alberta crow i mean she was something else uh she served five terms with the national bowling council uh, yeah. she was wonderful and this is a great award and uh, once again congratulations pards thank you well you know earlier i mentioned volunteering and you've raised thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for the blind. 
But can you tell us about why you do that? I went to high school in Manhattan. A gentleman came to our school and asked for some clerical help to, uh, you know, to fill envelopes for, for advertising things for this charity called the Fight for Sight. My mother was uh, blind in one eye for, for a long time. She, she, as a ch as a young person, she was hit with a baseball and ultimately lost sight in one eye, which didn't discourage her from catching the the, the teacup that fell out of the cupboard. She'd backhand it, but nothing, <laughs> nothing got in her way. But I thought that was a nice way of me trying to help a little bit. What I didn't realize was this organization, the Fight for Sight was very New York based, but the envelopes I was stuffing was for an event called Lights On, and the master of ceremony was also the honorary chairman of Fight for Sight. His name was Bob Hope. Wow. So so I got, and you know, Bob Hope 1965 was, you know, the most famous man in the world. And, and uh, there I was kind of backstage while he did his performance and I was in awe of the whole thing. So some years ago, one of my awards was a 50 year award. I'm, I'm maybe 10 years ago, I joined their board and we do a bowling event called strike for sight. And, you know, we, we just do our best to get our customers involved. And, and the nice thing about fight for sight, if someone has, a vision problem and needs a specialist, I can call the people at Fight for Sight and say, who could my, who could my bowler Larry on Team 7 see who has, you know, whatever problem he has? And it's been a great resource. And, you know, that's been a 50, let me think about it, 1965, whatever that is, 56-year relationship. Unbelievable. So, yeah. you know, we reach a lot of people on this show. Um, is there a way any of our listeners can help with that? Oh, sure. You know, uh, Fight for Sight funds blinding eye research. It's not one of the sexy charities. It's one of the ones that looks for um, researchers who are doing doing scientific stuff to find cures for diseases that, you know, have left uh, left um, with, without just just continue to burden everyone. So fightforsight.org, nice, nice, uh, there's a nice website. You'll see what we do. And it's, you know, it's a joy for me to, to be part of that. And, and uh, that's the way you've been forever and ever, man. You, you, yeah. I, I don't know how many hours a night you sleep. I'm going to guess around four. <laughs> well, well, you know, with COVID, I slept with one eye open and bit my nails with the eye you know, through the whole thing. So, you know, you know that that sight thing, uh, we take our sight but for granted. You know, oh, yeah. yeah. Every once in a while, when you go in for an eye test and they put the drops in there, and you got to wear the dark yep. glasses and you can't see too well. Man, what a yep. handicap that is. Yep. No, no, no. It's it's. Uh... And there are some remarkable blind people. I have to tell you, God takes away and gives back. So the woman that founded Fight for Sight in 1940-something was a, a, um, a woman who had macular degeneration, was had vision as a child. At 16, she was fully blind. And um, she was this New York lady who I don't know anything about her background other than Leona Helmsley was her best friend. Wow. And, and she would... 
she would work her tail off to find money to fund blinding eye disease research. And, and and I knew her well, you know, because she was in the office and and as years went on, we would we would bring I don't know forty or fifty or eighty bowling proprietors to go to the Bob Hope Show, the Lights On program. So it was an event for us, and and you know we helped, and the show was always great. Every every celebrity that was in town would do a do, do a gig, and it was just great. It was just a great experience for me. You know, words out about you. I don't know. You've been around fifty years, you say, but uh, you can't hide any more parts. Everybody knows, and everybody that needs something seems to go to you because your reputation is basically helping anybody that needs help and volunteering and then accomplishing things. A lot of people have ideas and they start things, but they never get it done. But you're known for accomplishing many, many things, especially the BVL and your work with veterans where you have raised literally millions of dollars. Uh, I want you to brag a little bit and tell us okay. about that. And how people can help. Well, anyone could help, and that's you know BVL.org is is um, the the bowling industry's first charity. Uh, I got involved. I, I always was per peripherally involved because I liked Elaine Hagen and Helene. I think her last name was Phillips, who who ran it, and I would always you know write a small check every year. But came 9-11, I kind of realized that freedom isn't free, and there was something about people running into danger while people like me would run as far from it as possible. It took a couple of years to develop a way of honoring first responders and, and veterans. And to my son's credit, he mimicked the, the um, Miller Doubles tournament. And we go to our customers and we ask them, to give us five bucks and we take their second game and we had five bowling centers in a cluster at the time and we would bring 200 people to a finals there may have maybe have been four to five thousand five dollars collected so all of a sudden there's twenty five thousand bucks and and we'd give away a trip to bowl expo they'd come they'd they'd help us hand our check, which in those days was twenty five and thirty five thousand um, dollars. The last big check we did was over seventy thousand wow. dollars. And that go that goes into the coffers of the money raised by all the associations. And my goal has been to get the entire industry behind BVL. And it's like knocking over over dominoes and you know, one company, the next company, the next company we go after bowling centers. We 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 go to bowling associations that aren't involved. And you and I spoke yesterday about how wonderful the California people have been. Each year they raise over a hundred thousand yeah. dollars, and they 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 work hard. And people like Mary Lindley and and so many others break their tails to 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 help others. You know, I'm a bowling proprietor, and I think I always think in terms of PPR. And good stories, and the our support of veterans, our collective support for all these years is our best story. And people's eyebrows get raised. And uh, because I'm involved in bowling, I wound up at the White House once. 
and I met the secretary of the VA, and he was new to the job. This was under um, Obama. His name is Robert McDonald. And Robert McDonald's real job before this was CEO of Procter & Gamble, and he wanted to get more boxes of product through the line, and he went to the VA to get more, more veterans through the hospital lines. And he, and he knew people on the Brunswick board, and he was taken aback that we would raise a million bucks a year. And he said to me, can I do anything for you? <laughs> and me not being shy, I said, sure, why don't you come to Bowl Expo sometime and tell everyone how you feel about us? <laughs> and he showed. Wow. <laughs> and he was great. And, you know, and he, he, he told us things that I didn't remember. He said that BVL is older than the Department of Veterans Affairs. Wow. <laughs> that, that we were doing it before they were doing it. Wow. Uh, so, so and, and you have to give credit to bowlers. I mean, there's that picture of women in, in the 40s with some medical transport planes, and they, they, would, they funded those planes through bowling, uh, while the men printed up 400,000 decks of playing cards. And anytime I see those on eBay, I buy a deck because you can't <laughs> replace them. Wow. You know, and I, I gave one to Mike Albee to keep in the Hall of Fame exhibit, you know, because, because, you know, we, we're a charity and so is the Hall of Fame. And I believe there's room for everybody. So the history of BVL goes, is intertwined with the Hall of Fame. So, you know, we, we partner on a lot of things, exhibits and, and good stories and good PR. So. Yeah. You know, you mentioned uh, just a couple of the people out here, Elaine Hagan, I've known her for years. And every time I see her, she's always talking about the BVL yeah. and Mary Lindley. Uh, in fact, they, yeah. they run a, like a, a monthly paper and yep. about all the bowling writers out here. And that's yep. always in there. And I'll tell you, if you don't get them a check, they call you back. You know? <laughs> that's Elaine, they, right? <laughs> yeah, they, they are doggedly, man. They're, they're yeah. wonderful. In fact, I, I went out to dinner one time with Mary and we talked about the BVL at dinner. It was awesome. But, you know, one more time, if you would, give us both of those websites, because hopefully our listeners can help with all this. Okay. The Fight for Sight website is fightforsight.org. And you'll, you'll go to their webpage and you'll see all the things that we do, all the things that we fund. Um, that, then you turn the page to the veterans charity, BVL, which is bvl.org and there are there are donate buttons on both and if if you see you see it clear to help us help others the good thing about uh, bvl especially is that there's very low overhead mary Harrah works out of her off, home office we i think we're at 92 or 93 cents of every dollar goes where it's supposed to go and we we run it honorably and you know and we have vol volunteers on the board and you know we 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 do it right uh, well, but good for you. but you know i can't i can't i can't tell you how important people who serve are to me and my closest person in my life that served was johnny petraglia and you know, I, I always say he left one tour for another because he was plucked out of the PBA tour and he was sent to Vietnam. Yeah. And and there were a number of them that were together. And, 
people like Johnny and, and all those guys live with what they had to deal with. I, when I received the Alberta Crow Award, I mentioned that there was a sign at our bowling center in 1968, Welcome Home Johnny, and I, I egotistically thought it was for me. And the manager brushed me off and asked for Petragley. He just got back from <laughs> Vietnam. So I went to a cushy liberal arts college in eastern Long Island, and he went to war. And there's something, you know, I look back and I'm saying, well, I, I, who wants to go to war? But I didn't really feel I did my part. And, and what BVL has done for me is allow me to do my part. So... I'll tell you, just about two weeks ago, I saw a picture of you and Johnny on Facebook. It's ironic. Yeah, yeah, we're we're buddies. His daughter just got married on Saturday. We were together. We took oh. another picture, <laughs> and and we kind of we kind of wonder why, when we were fourteen and fifteen, why we didn't take pictures then, you know? And yeah, and, and you know, I've always. When I was a kid, I I, I was a decent bowler because my father would put me on a pair of lanes and say, "Don't don't leave and don't get in trouble. Just keep bowling." So I <laughs> I bowl forty games a day. Yeah. My my thumb was like roast beef, and Johnny came to me and said to me recently, "You know, you had a little bit of skill. How come you didn't follow me to the tour?" And I said, "Well, remember when we were practicing together and I was on seven and eight, you were on nine and 10? He said, "Yeah, I guess." I said, well, I worried about your ball coming back. And that's the defining difference between you and me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, you know. I love it. <laughs> so it's, it's the truth. <laughs> you know, our, our listeners love stories, and, and they're going to love them, too, about, you know, you and Johnny, first of all. But we got time for one more short one. I know I'm probably putting you on the spot, but 50 years of experience, parts you got to have a million stories. So can you give us a short one? A short one was my dad was nice to a man named Josh Barapapa. He knew the name was something worthy. Turns out it was Andy's brother who, who, who did a lot of horse racing, uh, who did a lot of gambling and horse racing and this and that. And, <laughs> and when I came in the business in 1971 and went to the Met Bowling Riders because my father said, learn what you can, go to those kind of things. And that's what got me started. Andy came to me and said, are you Pete's son? And I said, yes. He said, well, you're a good kid. And he pinched my cheek. And I've loved him ever since. And I honor him in our building. We have lots of Andy stuff. And um, if you saw that, that auction at the Hall of Fame, I'm the guy that gobbled up the Andy shirt. And I'm going to display it and, you know, just keep honoring someone who is really the greatest. I'll tell you what, that guy, he, Andy had a lot of talent. Unbelievable what he could do. And and we'd all, you know, and I, I I always say I wish I appreciated it more. We'd groan when he grabbed the microphone in those days. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it was, it was just terrific. It was just great times. And I wish I paid better attention, you know. We just, we go through the motions and we live through it. But, um you know, important man in bowling and important man to me. Boy, I, I can imagine, Forge. Well, listen, I told you this was going to be a quick show. Uh, we're going to have you back on again because you got a lot to offer, not only to the Thank entire you. bowling game, but also to our listeners. So, and I have so and I have so many Kegel 
lane machines, I, I've lost track. So, <laughs> I, and I always appreciate sponsors. So. <laughs> all right. Well, the old clock and walls does tell me we're out of time, and I'm going to have you back again soon. So you stay close, Bards, and I hope you all enjoyed it and you enjoyed hearing from John Lespina. We look forward to talking to all of you again next week. We'll have another interesting guest to talk to. In closing, we want to thank our sponsors, Storm Bowling Products and Brad Elliman for their valued and continued support of our show. We appreciate all that they do to keep us coming back to you each and every week. And also our newest sponsor, Dave Kowalski with Auto Value and Bumper to Bumper Auto Parts Stores. He's also the past president of the Michigan High School Bowlers Coaching Association. They got 7,000 juniors up there. So good job up there, Pards. So for Phantom Radio, this is the Phantom. When you're down and troubled and you need some love and care and nothing, well, nothing is going right. Close your eyes and think of me And soon I